brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again, and hello and welcome to this sip episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that makes the occasional attempt to be entertaining for some reasonably small portion of that time. Very. I think we're going for 20 minutes today. Boy, you're an overachiever, aren't you? I am. Okay, well, we we'll got give it our lots best. to drink. <laughs> so this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today, our Made Man Maury. Good morning, Bob. I love the basement. You've done an outstanding job today. You should stay in the basement. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Good old gal Denise. <laughs> okay, I'm not really sure about that, but uh, thank you for having me here. And I brought the fresh rosemary, gentlemen. And good old boy Wade. How do I get out of the basement? <laughs> I'm very scared. You cannot. It's like the Hotel California. Yeah. You can check in, but you can never leave. Uh, Maury and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization that is composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states, our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check them out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. show is also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and their events, you can find them at ftlws.com. And our SIP segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, whiskey, and other kinds of beverages. And today's show, we're going to be discussing some lovely port wines. And the wines that we have today are a Fonseca Sirocco Extra Dry White Port. We have a Taylor Fladgate Chip Dry White Port. We have Croft Pink Port. That's a new one. Croft Reserve Tawny Port. Fonseca Bin 27. And Taylor Fladgate 20-year-old Tawny Port. So we're going to ask Maury to give us a little bit of information about our SIPs ratings. Thank you, Bob. Our sips ratings are as follows. One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Two sips. Nice. But what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Three sips. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four sips. Let's give this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Five sips. Oh my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 I'll have what she's having. You wish. <laughs> I've, I've seen what you're having and you're not getting that response out of it. <laughs> <Hi, babe. laughs> 
and thank, you know. and thank you for Denise for that uh, lovely intro. So we're <laughs> going to have you tell us a little bit about uh, Port. Great. Well, this should be educational and hopefully um, not a bedtime story. Uh, but once upon a time, uh, Port or Porto is a fortified wine that is produced in the Douro Valley area of northern Portugal. A fortified wine is made when neutral grape brandy is added to wine to raise the alcohol content. I'm all about raising what the could alcohol be bad? content. This practice has its roots in history. When wine from this region was sent to England aboard sailing ships, and the wine was fortified to keep it from spoiling on the trip. Smart. In port, the neutral spirit is added during fermentation, which kills the yeast and stops the fermentation typically leaving behind up to 8% residual sugar. Consequently, many port wines are on the sweet side of the flavor spectrum. The Douro Valley has a long history of winemaking. Wine has been made there for at least 2,000 years. The first shipments of wine under the name port were recorded in 1678, and in 1756, the Douro became one of the first vineyard areas in the world to be legally demarcated. Although produced inland in the vineyards of the upper Douro Valley, the wine takes its name from the coastal city of Oporto, from which it is traditionally exported. Over a hundred varieties of grapes are authorized for use in making port. The five most commonly used varieties are Tinta Barroca, Tinto Cal, Tinta Roris, Tempranillo, Torriga Frances- Francesa, Francesca. Francesca. No, Francesa. there's not a s- Francesca. Sorry. That's okay. Nicely done. And Tariga Nacional. <laughs> Tariga Nacional is generally the most desired variety, but due to its difficult cultivation and smaller years, yields, sorry, Tariga Francesca accounts for the majority of the grapes planted. White ports are made in the same manner as the red ports, except that it's made using white grapes. Here we go with the grape names. Donzellino, Donzellino Bronco, actually, Escana Cow, Fagasau, <laughs> Guvio, Melvasia Fina, Rabigato, and Viocino. Donzellino Bronco, I like that movie. That was the one where he was the mafia guy and they were down here. Ooh, yeah. that was a mouthful. Those are some interesting grapes and great the names. The whites, especially tough names. Very tough, especially when you're not Portuguese. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> that would probably help. But I really don't think it's going to make much of a difference for us. We can we have the ability to slaughter just about I the pronunciation know. of any language on planet Earth. So. Well, we could have brought somebody in, but then they probably couldn't do the English portion. So, but if we if we brought somebody in, we'd have to share the wine. Ah, right. And we're I'm, not going to do that. I'm sorry. There's alcohol, and I'm not good at sharing. Uh, me and me and my buddy. So, for I am a sinner in the hands of an angry God. Bloody Mary, full of vodka, blessed are you among cocktails. Pray for me now at the hour of my death, which I hope is soon. Amen. Oh my God, that was wonderful. <laughs> I love that. He is my savior. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So we're going to go to our first wine, and we're going to have Wayne tell us all about it. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, good morning. And we are having uh, one, two, three, four, five, six different ports. I thought you were going to say one, two, three, too many. One, two, three, too many. <laughs> six different ports, of which we've had three of them. Two different ways. So, yes. a full disclosure this morning, as we're drinking the white port, which most people have never heard of or tried, we've tried them at room temperature. And quite frankly, we didn't enjoy them as much as we enjoyed them nope. with a little bit of chill on it. And 
for full disclosure, it does say it in red letters, serve chilled yeah. or over ice or yeah. with tonic. Well, so that being that? said, technically speaking, we've had them warm, chilled, chilled with ice, and chilled with ice and tonic. Mm. And chilled with ice and Full tonic spectrum. and rosemary. So that being said, you should go on the website and find the recipes that we'll show you today. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. <laughs> oh, apparently. And sniffing glue. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Fonseca. Sirico. Extra dry white ports. This is a four-year... or Aging is four years in neutral oak barrels. The residual sugar is 27 grams per liter. So it's a lower in sweetness. The, the grapes are Malvasia Finca and Malvasia Re. And, or Re. Or Re. We, we can't decide. It's R-E-I. Um, the House of Fonseca t- uh, traces its origins to the original 19th century. The first evidence of the firm trading in port is an entry dated in the 8th of April, 1815, in the ledgers of the real Compania Vieta. Vieta, the Royal Monopoly Company. The records, this records indicate uh, this records the purchase of the 32 pipes of port of the firm's founders. Somebody help me here. Jose, 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 Jose Santos. Santos Fonseca. Fonseca. Fonseca declared the first vintage port in 1840. Production of the white port is very similar to that of the red port, although the white port is fermented longer before brandy is added to stop the fermentation process, which is what's called fortified wine, leaving less residual sugar for the uh, the drier style of wine. Sirico is fermented half of the skins on and half of the skins off with no pumping over. To maximize oxidation, minimize, minimize, minimize oxidation. Excuse me. Um, it's six ports in. Uh, the wine is then transferred to large wooden vats for four years of uh, uh, maturation. So, when looking at it originally, it was a nice pale color, um, that of straw and and maybe of hay. Um, the nose is a white, dark aromas with a little bit of oak at the very end. The palate was a white, lightly sweet, with a vibrant acidity and rounded um, and very, very interesting with a little bit of oak. That was the first go-round, which was at um, room temperature, which is it's literally at room temperature. Then we added a little chill to it. We, we put it in the refrigerator and chilled it down to proper temperature uh, tasting. And it really came around again. And, and then we even added a, an ice chip to it and a touch of tonic, which absolutely made it spectacular. So when we do the ratings, after everybody talks about it, I originally gave, originally gave it a two. Then I raised mine up to three, but Bob will talk about the final outcome when um, when we get there. What do you think, Maury? Well, I think Wayne summed it up nicely. Uh, I think this is a really unique style of port. It's like nothing uh, I can ever remember drinking previous to this. I've laid eyes on a white port or two, but it's been many, many years, and I don't remember them being quite this dry. This is very dry, uh, very low residual sugar. And honestly, my initial tasting was that it was a little 
off-putting uh, when it was warm out of the bottle. But since we've uh, chilled it, added a little ice and uh, splash of tonic, I find it very nice and approachable. Uh, I think it'd be fun by the poolside, uh, an easy uh, afternoon uh, refreshing beverage. And uh, I, I thought it was very, very interesting, like nothing I've had before. And we'll be back. And we're back, and we're discussing some lovely wines from uh, Portugal. We're discussing some great ports, and we're still talking about the Fonseca Sirocco Extra Dry White Port. So what do you think about it, Denise? I, well, originally, I actually liked it, um, even when it was warm, before I discovered that it should be chilled, and possibly chilled with some tonic. <laughs> But I liked it. It reminded me of um, an oaky Chardonnay. Um, and when it comes to Chardonnays, I love them big and buttery and oaky. And to be perfectly honest, um, that's what this uh, particular port reminded me of. And so I really enjoyed it. And um, now it's changed a little bit. It's a little mm -hmm. sweeter, a little more crisp and um, vibrant. And uh, I think that I would consider drinking it um, in a different setting. So... I would agree with Maury. Poolside or, you know, a summer afternoon, beautiful. I would never consider doing that with a port. So it's got it's, a little, got a little a more life to it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you're not going to take like, you know, an 80s vintage port and Correct. sit by, you know, a sweaty pool and no. drink it. No. Oh, that's a winter drink. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what you would think of um, when you think of I don't get enough of those days here. No, that's a so sofa drink for me. But it's uh, really opened my eyes. Yeah, I, it's it. I, I I'm with you. I thought I thought when we first opened it before we chilled it, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very uh, sort of like a slightly oxidized buttery Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I found it very interesting. But once we chilled it, it took on a whole different life. And Absolutely. You know, I, again, I, 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 I took this chilled, and I'm like, wow, this is this is an entirely different drink altogether. Um, I, after we read the label like idiots, <laughs> serve chilled. Um, yeah, very refreshing. Uh, the acidity is there. It's much. It's very crisp. Uh, really, really nice. So uh, when we first tried it, we we hadn't tried it chilled and we had come in with scores and, and, you know, some were okay and some were much lower, but once we chilled it, they all, they all crossed the board, all, all went up. So, uh, we're going to be giving this one three sips. Yay. Interesting. So we're going to go back to Denise and we're going to have her tell us about the, uh, next white port that we have. Great. And the next one is the Taylor Flatgate chip dry white port or white porto comes in um, at an ABV of 19.7%. Uh, the aging is four to five years in oak. The residual sugar is 24 grams per liter. And the grapes, oh, and they're a mouthful, is the Viozino, the Rabigato, the Malvasia Fina, the Guvio, and the Orinto. You did an awesome job with that. Mm, very nicely done. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> So the Taylor Flatgate is one of the oldest of the founding port houses, having been founded in 1960. I'm sorry, no, having been founded in 1692. 
Well known for their vintage port, Taylor Fladgate is also respected as a producer of wood-aged ports and is also known as the originator of late bottled vintage. White Porto was first introduced by Taylor Fladgate in 1934. The individual wines which make up chip dry are matured separately in oak vats for between four and five years and are then blended together shortly before bottling to give balance and character. Now this particular white port was, I thought, in my opinion, very different from the first one. It's a little, uh, it's more pale in color. Um, I thought that it was a little more delicate on the nose. Um, of course, we've tried them all <laughs> without ice and with ice. Um, and before we chilled them, I thought that it, it didn't have the character of the first, although it had the fresh fruit. It was still a little crisp, um, but didn't have the big, bold, oaky flavor. It was more the Sauvignon Blanc versus Correct. the Chardonnay. Correct. Um, I did get on the nose, though, pork. more raisins than I thought I would. And mm. when you look at this um, and you're looking at a white port, I, I don't necessarily think raisins or those deep, dark fermented fruits like I do when I think of a, a dark red port. Um, but I thought that the raisins came through. I thought that the finish was a little dry, um, but very pleasant. And then we added ice, we then added a little tonic, and once again, we have a beautiful, refreshing um, white port that I have been newly introduced to, and I'm, I'm really digging it. What do you think, Wayne? I think uh, Bob hit it on the head when he said this is more of the Sauvignon Blanc of the two, as opposed to the Chardonnay in the first one. And I think any of you out there that are looking to do some tastings and some drinkings and for you cork dorks, this is the way to go because you could create something really cool as opposed to an Aperol that is fantastic with port and sitting beside the pool in the summertime and add a little tonic to this. It's a, it'll change your mind on port because it's really cool. And I've been doing this a long time and my mind has been changed Absolutely. and blown. Yeah. I really think of port, especially red, you know, typical vintage port as a winter drink, a cold weather drink, a warm you up inside, maybe with a cigar, maybe by the fireplace. And this is a summer drink. This you is You weren't even born with the sense God gave the common dog. I'm just saying. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> just saying. In case you were wondering. You <laughs> know. So I would agree with you. It's a completely different animal and uh and, and interesting. Really interesting. Well what what did what was your what was your Spit impression? Spit it out. Anymore? You can do it. What was my impression? <laughs> yeah. Um well, I, I, I like what some of the things Denise said. I thought that this one had uh, some more interesting flavors of, again, more of that Sauvignon Blanc style. It had some more fruit on the nose. It was definitely dry. It was even drier than the first one. Yeah, it was the much more delicate mm -hmm. of the two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the other one was the bolder, more yeah. in your face. The oak was much more present. Sure. Um, it had that buttery butteriness to it, and this one is is the drier. Now, I'm hold on. Yeah, it's the drier. It does. It's got it, it, 24. It's definitely got a drier finish. 24 versus 27 grams per liter is not a lot of residual sugar, sugar. difference. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, no. yes, technically it should be drier, but it was significantly drier. Yeah. So I think it's just house style, different grapes. Um, Great. But yeah, this one once we once we uh, chilled it, oh my gosh, yeah, this is this is this is really really lovely. So we're going to be giving the. Uh, 
Taylor Fladgate trip, trip, chip, chip dry, dry white port. It's an interesting name. Interesting. Chip dry. All right, so we're now on, we have something really interesting that I'm excited for you to one. tell us about, Bob. Yeah, this one, uh, this one, this one is a little mind bending because this is one I've never seen, and this is the Croft Pink Porto. It is a 19.5 percent alcohol. God, that's why I love fortified wines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. <laughs> exactly, and that comes in a little bit more now. Now that we have actually taken this. And chilled this, and we've made an actual like a spritzer cocktail with it. Because now I've found my new beach cocktail. Mm-hmm. I, I think even Spicoli would approve of this. Uh, founded in 1588, Croft is the oldest firm still active today as a port wine producer. The company is well known for its vintage ports as well as its range of wood aged ports. Croft created the pink port category with Croft Pink. And it is the first to display an attractive pink color achieved through white contact with the skins, followed by a cold fermentation for seven days that preserves its fresh, uh, well, they say raspberry and cherry flavors. Let's see. So, again, we tried this one unchilled. Then we mm-hmm. tried it chilled. We tried it with a little ice. And then we actually made a cocktail with it. Started out as strawberry wine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was it was... Very strawberry, very fruity. Um, and sweet. And very, very sweet. And as soon as we took it and we chilled it, it changed entirely. And then it's, and then we took it and after we, it, it, after we chilled it, then I could see where this would go. So we got a rocks glass. We got some seltzer water. We got a little bit of uh, rosemary here and made a cocktail with From it. From the garden. From and the I garden. am telling you, I have found my new beach cocktail. This is absolutely awesome. It is an entirely different wine altogether. So, Wayne, when you tried it prior to it being even chilled, you and I agreed, mm, maybe not our jam. And then what happened? That was not my jam at, at all because it was a bright, vibrant color, and the color didn't match what was going on in the mouth. But again, we didn't know what this was because Groff, quite frankly, was the first persons to make this, and we didn't know what was going on. So we experimented with it. I didn't give it a high rating at first, but now with this cocktail and a slight chill on it, I think this is a winner yeah. out of the ballpark. Yeah, and this, this, right now this with one, rosé all day? Yeah, mm, This I, one right? has, has changed more dramatically and in, any of in, in score bigger than anything so yeah. far. And I got to tell you, you put it, you put it in a low ball, you put some ice. It's just beautiful. It's not a rosé. It's not a Cosmo. It's got a beautiful color. It's got a beautiful rosemary garnish. Yeah. It's just, it's a lovely I'm drinking, drink. I'm drinking port wine by the pool. That's right. That's a little mind bending. Yep. But the rosemary on the on the nose just really adds a certain dimensionality to it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's not just a visual garnish. I just love the aroma of the rosemary as I'm taking a uh, a nose of the wine and then a sip. Kudos yeah. to and Wayne you don't for looking that even up. You taste the rosemary. You no. smell the rosemary as you're drinking it. Exactly. And that's what gives it. And yes. that's all you need. It's you don't awesome. need to chew it. It's awesome. So thank you for yeah. sharing that, Wayne, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and helping us. But to yes, thank this. you, Wayne, for pointing out that uh, Croft is the first and mm-hmm. only that we know of to produce a pink style port, and uh, maybe they're uh, following the footsteps of the rosé yeah. all day crowd. But it's, I mean, the berries come out 
still, yeah. but they're they're tamed down now, and it just it just I mean you're getting the cherries, you're getting those ripe berries. And listen, at 19.5, it, it could be dangerous poolside. I mean it it goes down. Careful. So nicely. <laughs> it's wonderful. But interesting, if you look at the... Res- drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> if you look at the residual sugar, it is not the sweetest of the lineup today, yet it really came off as very sweet at room temperature mm-hmm. without a little bit of... Oh, it, yeah. It, it came off much sweeter than the residual sugar would yeah. imply. It was it was almost like fruit punchy. Yeah. But, right. yeah, I mean, Wow. I mean, this is this is really really nice. Yeah, I, that was I fun. definitely see myself. Uh, I definitely Drinking see myself picking some of these up. And yep. uh, we're going to give the Croft Pink Porto, stunningly enough, we're giving that three sips. I mean, well yeah, done, guys. Really well done. Yeah. And I'll right. keep planting rosemary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Denise, for the rosemary. Thank you for the rosemary. All right, so we're going to go to our next wine, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Maury tell us about that one. But um, does internet porn know you're cheating on it? <laughs> oh, Bob, you weren't supposed to let that out. Just did, asking. Did I just snort? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I asking. Think I snorted. Okay, well, on that well, note. Me and Archer are asking. So. At least you didn't chart. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> the next wine will be the Croft Reserve Tawny Port. ABV 19.9%, aging seven years, residual sugar 123 grams, and the grapes are the Toriga Nacional. Toriga Franca, Toriga Barroca, Toria Chao, and Tinta, I'm sorry, Tinta Chao, and Tinta Amarela. Drawn from a reserve line of fine wood ports, which have been aged an average of seven years in seasoned oak casks, the individual wines are then blended to guarantee a consistency and quality. The result is a complex yet accessible tawny port that is perfect with dessert, but can be enjoyed at any time. So this is a really interesting wine. Mm-hmm. Most of us are familiar with tawny ports that have quite a bit more age, 20, 30, 40 years of age. They tend to be more in the earth tones in terms of color. This one uh, is a fairly similar color to the pink. It's uh, definitely got red tones to it. And uh, it is more red or brick red and a whole lot less amber than, say, a typical tawny port. That said... It's got a really lovely nose with uh, lots of notes of caramel and raisins and and a little bit of nuttiness. Definitely not as nutty as a traditional uh, tawny port, but definitely uh, raisin and uh, and stewed fruit. On the palate, it's luscious, it's mouth-coating, it's got a really nice viscosity to it. There's a lot going on. There's some red currant. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. There's some spice, some red currant. Uh, there's definitely some strawberry jam, a little bit of dried fruit, some figs, um, creme brulee even a little bit on the end. It's got a nice uh, medium finish. I thought this was lovely. Uh, it's almost like a bridge wine between a tawny and a traditional uh, ruby or vintage port in that it's definitely got the red fruit and the red color of a vintage port, yet it's got some of those notes and spice and toffee that you might see in a in a tawny port. So an interesting, uh, interesting, and at seven years old, it's it's fairly young in the tawny spectrum. But I thought it was quite interesting. Wayne, what did you think? Well, first of all, I want to ask you. You know, for those of us that don't live in the winter wonderland and live in Florida where it's hot all the time, mm-hmm. what is the difference between tawny and a, a porto? 
Okay, so let's talk about that. So tawny ports are traditionally wood age, referred to as wood age ports. So they're aged in wood for anywhere from 20, 30, or 40 years, and then they're bottled. They don't achieve any additional greatness in the bottle. They're ready to go when they come out of the bottle, right then and there when they come out of the wood. A traditional ruby port has very little time in oak and is bottled young and then we allow it to age in the bottle much like we do many of our fine red table wines and they evolve and mature in the bottle and um, the tannins soften etc uh, etc et they tend to retain much more of their uh, red coloring and then lastly we touched on briefly is the late bottle vintage which uh, one of these guys has invented which essentially tries to bridge that by aging it a little bit in oak so that it's almost ready to drink and then bottling it as a vintage or single year port uh, and it, it still retains a lot of that red and ruby color and gives you sort of the benefits of both uh, a, an aged or vintage ruby port that's ready to drink almost uh, almost immediately. Thank you. Thank you for or? that clarification. And I think this Tawny Port is absolutely fantastic. It um, reminds me of the Winterland. I mean, after dinner, to have a sip of this with the family sitting around um, the fireplace, sitting around uh, s'mores, even in South Florida, sitting around and enjoying a sip is fantastic. And and if you haven't had Tawny Port and you've had regular Port, venture out a little bit and try the Tawnies because they're fantastic. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this this was lovely. I mean, it was extremely well done. Um, it's got It's got all the stuff in it that I'm looking for in a Tawny Port. You know, it's got that, it's got that caramel raisiny, you know, that, 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 that port character that no other wine on earth is really going to give you, which is why I think, because I love, you know, port age, uh, port barrel age spirits so much. Mm. But this one, you know, it's, it's just, this one is a little on the younger side, so you've got that fruit on the front that you normally wouldn't get that sort of that ripe red fruit on a tawny port. So this one is definitely very interesting. And even the vintage ports, by the time we get around to drinking them, yeah. we've aged them 10 or 20 years. Oh, yeah, at least, um, yeah. The, a lot of the fruit has started to fade. Yeah. People are now first so drinking So this, this one's got the tawny characters on the back end, but it's got the sort of the fresh fruit on the front. So this is definitely very well done. Um, red currants, almost jammy in the mouth feel on it um you're definitely getting the you're definitely getting the nuts not like you would with you know with a traditional vintage uh but extremely well done uh i i really enjoyed this one and we're we're gonna give this one three sips beautiful three sips is good interesting three bordering on four i thought it was well done i agree all right i love this i liked it a lot yeah yeah so far so good uh we've had you know, three very surprising ones that are pretty new to all of us. And we've had a very interesting, uh, a very interesting Tawny that sort of breaks out of the traditional mold. So, so far, so good. So we're going to go to our next port and we're going to have uh, Wayne tell us about that one. So um, the next port we're going to talk about is the Fonseca Ben 27, um, which is a fantastic part. The ABV on it is 20%, so it's got a little bit of alcohol in it, for those of you that don't know that. Uh, 20% is good. Aging is four years in oak barrels. And we'll come back and get the rest of the information. Hey, and we're back, and we are discussing some lovely port wines um, from Portugal. 
hilarious. Yes, I know. Um, so we had Wayne telling us about the next one up, the Fonseca Ben 27 port. So take it away. So to, to continue on, the, re, um, the Fonseca Ben 27 port, the residual sugar is 97 grams per liter. Um, so it's going to be a little bit on the sweeter side. The grape varietals are a bunch of grape varietals. Uh, Torrega Nacional, Torrega uh, Finca, Tinta Bracao, Tinta, somebody help me. Moritz. Tinta Chao, and Tinta Maria. There you go. I am so gringo. I'm sorry, folks. Um, (laughs) Ben 27 is produced primarily from grapes from the Fonseca's own Quintas. Quintas. In the Cima Corta. In the Cima Corta. (laughs) This newly developed. uh, Robotic Portos? Robotic Porto Torres. T O E S, by the way. Portos. Portos. Like your toes on your feet. Technology is. Trending the grapes, allowing the winery to maximize the quality of the fruit by imitating imitating the traditional action of human feet, which is I Love Lucy <laughs> stamping on it, and avoiding damaging to the bitter grape seeds. Oh, How that's cool interesting. That? Yeah, that's cool. That would have been good if I read it beforehand. Fake that's me. Okay. Fake feet. Fake feet. Fake feet. Fake feet. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not to be confused Robotic with. Robotic feet. Yeah. Robotic no, we don't want Maury's feet. feet in there. Good Lord. Um, the color on so it cool. is absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Agreed. it now, swirling around my glass, and we might have mentioned in a previous uh, podcast where it was a CSB, which means can't see bottom. You cannot see your fingers at the bottom of this glass. It's absolutely fantastic. The nose is fresh, rich blackberry cassis and just dark, dark red fruit. Mm. Let's smell it again together. I think it's fantastic. Um, the palate, very velvety, smoothie. Um, it, it hits the tip of your tongue, dances over the middle, and finishes long, long, long at the finish. And I think it's fantastic at the end of the meal with um, any dessert, or if you might be sitting beside the fireplace in the winter having a cigar. You're going to do well. What do you think? I would agree, That's a Wayne. a wonderful and, and, description. <laughs> and this, uh, this uh, bin 27 is what some uh, uh, porthouses refer to as their house-style port. Again, it emulates the idea of a vintage or ruby port uh, without having to age it. It's basically ready out of the bottle. And again, this has been four years in wood, so much like a late-bottle vintage. Very consistent. Um, wood is good. Wood is good. Consistent style each year. These are kind of their go-tos. They're very affordable, very approachable pricing. And it's really a great place for people to start with port, especially, uh, like you said, after dinner or by the fire. Um, and uh, it, because it's fortified, it will last a little bit longer than a tr- typical bottle of red wine. Um, I thought this style, this this particular wine was really delicious. Uh, I must admit, it's opened up and improved quite a bit in the glass. And we talked about that, about when do we rate them, at the beginning or the middle or the end. Um, I was a little underwhelmed at the beginning of the uh, show today, uh, but as it sat in the glass, it's come back around, and I, and I like it a lot. I've had this before and, and remember it as being much better. It's not too sweet. It's, it's just really nicely balanced. And uh, I, I think uh, for house-style port, uh, as a foray into ruby or vintage-style ports, I think it's uh, excellent, well done. And for the price, I don't think you can beat it. Denise? Oh, it's it's delicious. I I just I love this, but I agree with a dessert. And I'm thinking, what dessert would I have this with? And I teeter from or between like 
flourless chocolate cake to creme brulee. And that is the gamut of desserts. So clearly, in my opinion, this would go with anything. And so I love this. It's, it's got a great mouthfeel, feel or fill, I guess. <laughs> it's jammy. It's delicious. Um, I'm excited for this and for the next one. Mari, you, you mentioned as we were talking about, you know, the red wine gamut of this. What would you say was the timeline that you can open up a bottle port with you and your significant other? And if you didn't finish it, how long do we get to keep it for? Being that it's fortified, Forever. you're going to get a little extra time. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I, I, I personally recommend uh, refrigerating. It's food. <clears throat> and we put most of our food in the refrigerator to prolong mm -hmm. its life. Um, I think if you refrigerate it, you can easily get a couple weeks out of it. Certainly yeah. the first week would, would be safe easily. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether or not a little Well, if you refrigerate it and use a little argon gas, yeah, I've, I've argon gotten, would give you uh, a lot. I've got weeks. Out of out of a bottle of port in a refrigerator, if I if I make sure I get you know good layer in there, displace all the oxygen, get it in the fridge in the back where it's nice and nice and cold, and you know three four or five weeks later I take it out. But yeah, it, but if you're warm up, most of us little. are not. Are, most people are just opening it, putting a cork back, sticking in yeah. the fridge. Well, then oh, just oh, drink and it. You know what? And you can get a week or two out of it that way. Yeah, for yeah, sure, absolutely. Because because of the fact that it is a fortified wine, it it tends to hold its character i mean in my in, in my experience it holds its character for a good bit longer time yeah. in contrast to the madeiras which will last forever months. forever yeah yeah, yeah forever. which is good for those that want to try port because maybe yeah. you don't have four right. or five ounces of port at a time and the, exactly. the other yeah. nice thing about well, port is, is a lot of times when point. you go to the store they do sell small bottles you know, they're smelling right. 200 to 375 so it makes it you know much more approachable because again it's you know, whereas you may get a, you know, a, a nice light Sauvignon Blanc or, 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 or whatever your poolside wine may be, you may down a bottle or two of that over the course of a weekend. But a port, generally, you're not going through glass after glass of, exactly. of, of a nice. You're talking uh, about three, four ounces. Yeah. He said yeah. weekend. <laughs> He's never been to my house. <laughs> well, you know, that's right. Three hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, well. You know, but so, I agree. Some uh, of us the vintage have ports will typically come in half bottles, which is a nice alternative. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not aware that any of these house style ports, like the Bin 27, uh, or similar from they other may. Houses, I'm, I'm, I just haven't smaller. looked. I haven't seen them. I mean, I tend to go through a whole bottle, but that's just because I'm, you know, well, they're delicious. But it's the same thing with you know with any dessert wine. I mean, if you get you know a dessert wine from France or a dessert wine from the United States, sure. usually those do are available also in smaller format bottles. Absolutely. Because again, you don't go through the quantity of mm -hmm. them because the you know the flavors are just, you know, so much more there. The sugar is so much more but there. But unlike um, for example, Canadian ice wines, it, it yeah. really doesn't have anything to do with the yield. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. That they would offer it in a smaller bottle, correct? Yeah. No, it's, okay. I'm, yeah. I mean, when you get like a, a good German ice wine, you sure. know, in a really good year, right? They don't put it in smaller bottles to get more bottles out. They put it in smaller bottles because you just simply, you know, if you drink a seven fifty of it, there's a chance you may go into a diabetic coma. <laughs> so you know, yeah, okay. That's you know that, that's that's fair. where you you know that's where it comes in. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's just something that, again, like we've said before, when you're dealing with wine or whiskey or any beverage, you know, it's a journey. You know, you're learning, you're, you're trying new things, you're trying to get stuff that, that you know, that fits your palate. Um, this may not be something you're going to drink in great quantity, but I always tell people, look, if you can find a smaller bottle of whatever it is you're, you're going to do, get the smaller bottle. 
and that way you're not committing to that much. Or, you know, when people say, I'd, I'd like to try, you know, some different whiskeys, find a good whiskey bar and, right. and, and, and try them there or find a good wine bar. Right. That's got a very good selection in, in, you know, in a Cruvenet that you can go in and you can try it by the glass or half a glass to, you know, to expand your palate and just learn what it is that you like. Some of these the new wine bars sell it by the ounce, yeah. single sure. ounce, three uh-huh. ounce, yeah. and six ounce yeah, right. wine. Well, we know a local store that has an enomatic machine where you can put your card in and dispense one ounce, two ounce, exactly. four ounces. Sometimes that machine actually works and you yeah, can make a sample, small yeah. quantity. Sometimes I also happen to know where that idiot keeps the cards, so I really don't ever have to pay for it. So that's kind of <laughs> nice. But we are going to be... Uh, How do we rate this? We're going to be rating... Uh, been 27. Been 27. I think this Fonseca. one might be good. We're going to give ready? it ready? four ready? sips. Ready? Ooh, four sips. Again, this one, this, one, this one was on the border, but it really improved uh, even more so with the air on it. So um, we're all going on to our next one. So we're going to have Moria tell us about our last port. Thank you, Bob. Uh, the next wine is the Taylor Fladgate 20-year-old Tawny Port, 20% ABV. Aging is 20 years in oak. Residual sugar is 111.17 grams per liter. Yeah, baby. Again, a similar lineup of grapes, Toriga Nacional, Franca, Barroca, Tinto Roriz, Tinto Chao, and Tinta Amarela. This Tony Port is made from selected grapes from the best vineyards of the Chima Corgo and Doro Superior. Individual wines are produced in different vintages are aged in 600-liter oak casks for years, over which time they will lose their young, dark purple-black color to gain that distinctive tawny hue from which the wine takes its name. As tawnies age, the wines take on increasingly more nutty flavors and become more concentrated as the barrels lose 3% of their volume every year to evaporation. Um, and so uh, these wines are, are, again, really a completely different beast from some of the things we've had earlier. We had a little a little hint of that, uh, the Croft uh, seven-year tawny, but this is really traditional. It's got that classic intense amber or tawny color uh, to it. Uh, the nose is really interesting, uh, spice and jammy with a lot of nutty aromas, and you get some orange blossom and some oak. Um on the palate, this wine is just lovely. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, very concentrated flavors, very rich, um, long, mellow finish. Uh, these, to me, are a lot like sherries. Now, sherries vary quite a bit in style as well, and one of these days we'll talk more about that. But to me, these older tawnies start to approach a sherry in that they take on more of a nuttiness. Again, Mm. they lose that red color. They lose a lot of their fruit and um, they're picking up really interesting characteristics. Some of which are from the barrel and some of which are the undertones of the fruit. So I thought this was uh, very nicely done. Um, I really enjoyed it quite a lot. Denise. Yeah, no, I love this. Um, uh, The color is beautiful. It's a traditional uh, tawny. Uh, It's got beautiful legs. Uh, The nose as you mentioned, is extremely interesting. You have competition. Um, and I get on the palate honey and prunes and orange blossom. And right at the end, right what at the finish. What is your favorite word? Wood. Wood is my favorite word. <laughs> would that be wood. Okay. Wood. Okay. Would that be morning wood or afternoon How wood? How was it going to say it? Just wood. Just wood. Just wood. Just wood. Yeah. Um, and on, 
<laughs> Thank you. On the finish, I get not wood, but nuttiness. So nuts and nuttiness, and it's just delicious. And what else? It's wood and nuts. <laughs> and nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it just—it's a beautiful. Bob, stop pour, laughing at her. And I love it. So Sorry. I'm going to drink it and and let let the rest of the crew just carry on. Carry on. Wayne, you're turning red. <laughs> I am red. Because we mentioned wood and nuts for the last 30 seconds. So I'm not going to say either. But the nose on this is absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of my original first port. And, and I think this is what brought me into the port world. I was uh, the champagne guy, the red wine guy. And then I discovered port one time in, um, in Europe. Um, not in Portugal, but traveling throughout Germany and and bought a bottle of a vintage port and sucked it to the very end and squeezed out the very end of it through cheese cloth. And you thought Hmm. wooden nuts was... I was uh, just continuing on, on this words. little morning uh, <laughs> spectacular of... Well, I, I agree. I mean, this these are nice. I think that as you get to these 30 and 40-year-old tawnies, and Bob recently had one that was much older than that, again, they, they lose all semblance of grapes, and, and it's hard to tell where they came from. Uh, but this 20-year uh, really has a nice balance. It's still definitely got a little bit of fruit. It's much more stewed fruit than fresh red fruit. Um, the raisiny notes and things of that. I, I think this is really a sweet spot. I think it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some, some older tawnies, but I had absolutely no idea how long they possibly could age until I was in Las Vegas and got to share that 1870 tawny port. Yeah, I'm still... From which house? I'm still speechless it was uh from a from from a different company from one of the ones we're mm-hmm. having here it was a private barrel um and i was i would when i saw the label i said you're you're kidding there's no way there's absolutely no way but a fortified wine you know i mean i've had madeiras mm-hmm. that old so it made sense and and i have to say it, it was it was life-altering to because i've never ever seen any port that i've had even close to that age i, I had no idea but but this is just this is just here's here's the thing we had the the earlier one that we had which was a little bit more fruity it was it was a different tawny but it was lovely and this is more of your classic style this one's tawny approaching board. a sweet madeira style as yeah, well exactly it's definitely got the raisin oh you're tones getting that, that shriveled honey. up dried fruit yeah. and the shriveled up dried raisins and red currants and just you know all those flavors you know when 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 i when I got these ports in and when we were working on doing some wine shows, this was one show I really wanted to do as a port show because I do love a, a, a port wine. It's, you know, it's hard to get. I mean, you're about the only guy I know that will drink it with me. Most of the people I know won't. It's not a, it's, it's Count not a big in. thing in the in South Florida in this yeah. climate. Yep. Um, but I was very I'm guilty excited of buying to them show. and putting them away because yeah. no one will drink them and coveting them like Gollum, you mm-hmm. know, and then just not getting around to opening them. So it's just a great experience to get to open these. And this is this is just a classic tawny. It's it's got it's got that brick red, just gorgeous color to it. It's got everything. It's it's hitting on all the cylinders that you want, and it's it's absolutely lovely. So. Uh, we're going to give this one, the Taylor Glad, uh, Flatgate 20-year Tawny Port, four sips. Solid. Solid, Solid four. four. Solid four. Very but, nicely done. So what did you guys think? I mean, this is this was a fun one. 
Yes. And and surprising. First on, court episode. Yeah. The the, wow. the the first three, completely surprising. Completely. I, just, I, I was educated. Just the colors and the glasses in front of me are amazing. Yeah. And you did mention 1840, right? 1870. Yeah. 1870. Woo. So this was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and you catch all of our episodes where you found this one as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio and online at iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio.com, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, Google, or whoever the lady is that talks back to you when you look at the phone to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at Sip, Sud, Smoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And you'll also be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. You can also check us out on Instagram at Sip, Suds, and Smokes or at Made Man Bob. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, it's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank our co-host for joining us today. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. It's been a privilege being here today. I'm looking eagerly forward to our next voyage oh, to yeah. another island for interesting wines. We'll have a wine episode. Thank you, Denise. Thank you. This is a beautiful lineup. I really appreciate it, and I'm having And thank you, Wayne. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go have some coffee now. Enjoy your ports. <laughs> <laughs> ah, coffee. Don't, don't be a quitter. Alcohol and honest is for quitters. <laughs> And for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob. We thank you for joining us. Remember, life is too short to drink bad wine. Well, we don't have any of that in front of us. So. No, we had a good day. No, no. A fine day indeed. Somebody passed me that bottle. Uh, no. And no. no. I just go back to, Morning go back to my prayer. How, how long do you think these uh, whites will last open in the fridge? <laughs> One more. About Two five more minutes. minutes with you guys. Yeah. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.